Yo, yo, what's going on, big dogs? Welcome into another episode of Adams Plus One. This episode features Dylan Pearson. Dylan is the founder of Ponder. He's also the CMO of Cube. Dylan is a world-class expert in marketing. Dylan is a brilliant, hardworking, down-to-earth guy. And if you listen to this episode, you'll find his story fascinating. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a share. Let's dive in. Sick yeah, setup, like man. a big screen, like right here. I'm on a big screen. I love it. Yeah. I love it, dude. How you doing? Good. I was thinking, like, I feel like the last time we we talked was probably high school. Like, oh, dude, no doubt, no doubt. It was a minute ago. A very long time ago. So I really love your setup. Number one. Cool. Yeah. Uh, sure. So I've got. I use like. Oh, it's called OBS. Okay. So it's recording the audio, uh, visual of me. Perfect. Uh, That's what we want. And then you got your side, and I've got my side. Nice. So then okay. it's so easy to t- to make a vertical video and like put it over itself i just love that so so many people overlook that it's 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 that's impressive that you that you're already thinking of that so when you first start right when you first start with a pod you do zoom and you back out the video dylan and you're like dude this is horizontal it's horrible and i'm not i'm not a big youtube poster so i like posting my stuff on on audio on all the streaming services and then if i'm going to put a clip up ig tiktok right so knowing where it's going to go is huge right i mean you know this you're a marketing guy you, have you ever used Riverside? Okay, so so I've used it. I bought a subscription. And then the first few times I was doing pods, man. And again, early in the game, then was like May and June. I was getting really bad connections with the people I was doing them with. Could have been my internet connection at home, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. But bad service. And when you backed it out, it wasn't backing it out. So that way, the way I wanted it, like Dylan on the bottom, Adam on the top vertical. Does that make sense? Yeah, I also had issues with it. That's yeah. why I was asking. Like, yeah. it was hyped up to be like the solution to remote podcasting. Uh, Didn't see it. Not there and, yet. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, okay, I'll give you an example. Last night, you'll probably laugh. I'm gonna do a podcast next weekend with a buddy, and we had to push it to next weekend because obviously I lift weights. And I thought he was like, "Hey, how cool would it be if we do us lifting?" Because he wants to be a guest on the podcast. I can get us access to the gym when no one's there. How about we do us lifting and then. You're, we're just talking about what we talk about on the podcast. Cool. Great idea. Thing is, you we both need separate mics, right? I only have this mic and another one, but I don't have one that you could clip. So I go to the store and I'm looking for one. I find I find one, a good mic, but I got to buy two of them because it comes separate. And I'm thinking just maybe they'll both go to my phone. Like if I put one receiver in, they'll both go. Mm-hmm. Get home. It only goes to the newer iPhone. Um, you probably know the, the difference between the two right? The C or the lightning or I don't know, man, something like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I, I didn't, I don't have an adapter. So I go to the store and all I want is the, the perfect adapter to go to my phone. And then I could plug it in. Couldn't find it, dude. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That's how it things goes. that you think yeah. they would know we need, they don't have. Like, you what? go to the store for like a $15 adapter and leave like spending like $150. <laughs> I know. So every time. <laughs> so, exactly. And I almost pulled the trigger on another one and I'm like, you know what, dude? I just went online, went on Amazon, pushed the pod to next weekend, found one on Amazon that it's two mics, dual, go to one spot on my phone. We're good. But all that aside, man, welcome onto the podcast. Okay, so a big reason I want to have you on the podcast, number one, just from afar, we haven't talked since high school, like you mentioned. Dude, you have a killer lifestyle. I always thought you were like, I'll give you my honest assessment in high school and like growing up. Good looking dude, comes from a good family, smart, nice kid, right? 
Uh, so it's really great to see what you're doing. But your lifestyle is awesome. Real quick so- to touch on that, I, I was hoping we like at some point can talk about that because like at some point, yeah, bring this back up when we get into it. Okay, cool. Perfect. I will. I'll, I'll remember. I have a good memory about these things in football, but if Katie asked me to take the trash out, I'm not that good at that. But talk about, I want to start with, I want to start with Ponder. Okay. Because after high school, you, you founded this, this website, it looks like, is that where it started for you in marketing? Where'd you start? Is it Ponder? Kind of go from there. Um, so maybe like if I give a little bit, like just a quick overview of the past, I don't know, five years, six years. Yeah. Um, that'll help give the the perspective of what Ponder is. So when I graduated from Illinois State in 2015, I got a job as a software engineer at an ad tech company called Conversant. Left Conversant in 2017, went to E-Trade, worked on their options house, which is now Power E-Trade as a dev. And then I quit my job. And um, we can obviously get into like the details of all this if, if you want to later on. But when I quit, I launched probably 20 different different brands. Uh, emptied my savings account. I was paying rent on a credit card. So like I went from like this great comfy job and there's a reason that I made that decision to quit um, to like ultimately like paying rent on a credit card, launching like 18 different brand, brands in, this, in the span of a 12 month period and all of them failing. And I had, I was really proud of the products that I had created, um, but nothing sold. And so this led me down this path of like why aren't these great products selling, which led me to uh, a book called Ogilvy on ads. And I recommend anybody read that book. So David Ogilvy's the pioneer of direct response advertising. He ran all the the initial ads for Guinness, Rolls Royce, uh, Budweiser, Marlboro, like all of those legendary ads. And I read his book. He wrote it in early 1950s. And I started applying these principles in my brand. My product started selling. Um, and so to fast forward to, uh, I think it was like January, March of 2019, uh, I launched this at the time it was an advertising agency and I called it Ponder. So Ponder, uh, spelled correctly, P-O-N-D-E-R. It means to think carefully before taking an action. And that, I don't know, just resonated with me. And then I went to go get the domain and the only one I could get was with it spelled with an I instead of an E. I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so that's, uh that's where it started out. But eventually like Ponder became me. Like I even asked my wife like a year ago after once again, all these different things we can talk about happened. I even asked my wife if she was down to change her last name to Ponder. Dude, you got to stop for a second because Ben and I were on the phone, like not even two or three weeks ago, Ben Mometi from high school, you you might remember. And he's like, yo, did Dylan? And I was like, did he change his last name? Like I, I think I brought it up. He made this amazing YouTube video and I'm like, because he has his parents have a, a business that they own and he was looking at Facebook ads, right? And he was like, I'm watching the video and I'm thinking, that looks exactly what the guy I went to high school with. <laughs> we literally thought until I, until now, I was wondering if you changed your name. So that's pretty impressive. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So it, like that's how I started referring to myself online as Dylan Ponder. Um, and then I'd meet people in real life and they would be like, yeah, and this is Dylan Ponder. <laughs> and so I just kept rolling with it. Like it just became me. Right. And then and as things progressed, like turn it into an uh, ad tech software, uh, it just kind of continued to span. And then um, ultimately, like I decided to take this uh, like a year ago, take this hard left. Uh, and now like Ponder is just like truly me. It's just my creative outlet. Yeah. So whenever I have an idea, whenever I want to build something um, like this Ponder. 
Okay. So then right now, because imagine being me, right? Someone who follows you on social knows you sees ponder, but I also see a lot of stuff about cube. You're the CMO at cube, right? I got this right. Yep. Awesome office, by the way. I think you opened it up the other morning. It was awesome. Just looks so much fun to work there. But so then how does ponder interact with your job at cube or how to give us the lay of the land here? So in March of 2020, I launched a brand called, or I co-founded a brand called Upstart Epoxy. Um, so launched it in March of 2020. Um, September of 2021, we got acquired by a private equity firm called Arsenal Capital based in New York. They have a sub-branch called Polytech, one of the largest manufacturers of epoxy in the States. And they are like building this little corner market monopoly. So there's buying up epoxy brands. So we got acquired in September of 2021. I stayed on board with that like brand and PE firm for about a year. And then um, some things happened, which I'm like still on, under NDA, but I can't really discuss those, but left in uh, uh, December of tw- uh, 2022. And at this point, like going through like some of the craziest times of my life, like worst times of my life from 2017 through like 2019, 2020 to this huge dopamine rush of like finding success with business, building this online presence, um, building like a multi-million dollar brand, getting acquired, like, and then it all stopped. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, like I couldn't find things that like made me excited, right? Like to build or do. So I essentially just started like coding every day, just working on new ideas. Um, and then oddly enough, like I ended up, so I'm not sure if, if you're like into crypto and NFTs and whatnot, um, into the JPEGs. Like that's my Twitter handle, Dylan's JPEGs. But I ended up sweeping. It's called sweeping. Like when you go to an NFT collection, you just like buy like all of them sitting on what's called the floor, which are like lower price ones. And so I bought like 326 of these uh, and these these JPEGs called degenerate trash pandas. So I ended up on a Twitter space with uh, the founder and, and uh, his co-founder of this collection. Get to talk. Um, found out we're both in Chicago. So I go into the office to meet up for coffee, which was the office on my story the other day. Nah. Uh, and they're, so they own this umbrella company, this portfolio of a bunch of different brands and companies. And um, they, so they're like, hey, let me talk to Solana, which is the blockchain Solana, which is actually their office right now. Uh, let me see if I can get you hooked up with like an office space where you can build your next project here. And so I ended up doing that. So for about a month and a half, I'd go in, I was working on my own project. I wrote some library I coded some library. I sent it over to the guys. I'm like, hey, maybe your team can use this. And then they came over and they're like, hey, if you're interested in writing some code for us, like our CTOs in the day, want to do like a, you know, if you want to chat. So basically, I had like a dev interview on the spot, starting working with Cube as a developer. Um, and then they found like the YouTube channel, the TikTok. They saw like Ponder, like, yo, we don't have a CMO yet. And I'm like, <laughs> honestly, like the advertising, the marketing is what I feel confident saying I can go head to head with anybody in the world on the development. I love it because I can take an idea and bring it to life without like any need of, uh, of, uh, like a fulfillment center or operations and quality assurance. Like I can just code it. So I love development, but I'm much better at marketing. If you need a CMO, let's do it. Um, so that was back in, uh, started working with them in February, officially went on board with the team, um, in May. So has that, congratulations, by the way, freaking fascinating story, dude, from where you just had mentioned a few minutes ago, paying rent with a credit card, launching brands, 
this book that had great principles. And we'll get into that in a second, but um, cause I'm curious, but when you talk about becoming a CMO, has this been helpful and fulfilling? Cause it seems like you're pretty excited about cube. Has it helped after your, um, the sale of that company, right? The brand is what you said, right? They got acquired. So then you're like, what the heck do I do? Keep myself busy. Has, what is it like being a CMO? Is it fulfilling you in that challenge and waking up every day? Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, because when I was running my own companies, you know, I had at one point with upstart, we probably had eight to 10 employees with ponder. I probably had another 10. So like I was, I had a team of like 20 across these two different brands. We had a bunch of clients. So I had gained experience, like running companies, building companies, scaling them. But what's different with cube is it's just a, a different level. Like, uh, I had always bootstrapped my own company. So I always funded my own companies, never raised money. Um, and then this route, like all eyes are on us. Uh, our seed round, we raised at a $32 million valuation series a, which, um, we're raising at a hundred million dollar valuation. And then by the end of the year, we want to be raising it. Like we want to be valued at a billion dollar company. And so with this, uh, uh, with like the idea of raising capital alongside, um, being in a, in a regulated financial industry, there's so many different pieces that. I never had exposure to where it's, it's always a learning process, which sure. is why I was so excited about it. Definitely. Now I did some digging into cube because that's where I really kind of looked at that, looked into your ad that you posted. How many people work at cube? How many employees do you guys have there? What's the difference? Cause you, you talked about 10 and 10 before. What's this like, what's this monster? like? Um, right now I think we're, we're pushing like 2025. 2025. How uh, many people we'll, report to you? Uh, so right now two, two, that's kind of nice. We I mean, that's probably so, a- Go ahead. It's nice, but like, this is funny because today, uh, Bartosz and I were sitting in a room, he's a CEO and, um, he's like, so like we had this board where everything's mapped out on sticky notes. And he's like, so in terms of your bandwidth, like, can we pull this off? I'm like, yeah, but not at the level, like we want to execute. And so I said, a, a must do for myself on that next week is find like four more people to bring onto my team. Bam. Which hiring is always something that is, ex- it's extremely tough. I think hiring is the toughest part of building a great business and like scaling it. And so I have a, I have a seven day challenge ahead of me. So what, what makes hiring tough in your opinion, in your experience? Cause obviously mm-hmm. again, you're someone that's bootstrapped your own company, right? Like it's your capital in those moments. So you you're definitely it's probably different than when you're just a manager somewhere where, Hey, it doesn't work out. It's not like it's coming out of your pocket. Does that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so why should an employee care? You know, it's uh, like when I had my agency, I'd find great talent, but ultimately like, what do I need to do to ensure that they actually care about this client enough to where it's like 10 PM on a Friday and they get hit up because something is crashing or failing or an ads got rejected to where they'll hop on that computer and fix it right away. Like, how do I make sure um, from like, what can I like, what can I do to make sure that they care? They continue to care. And then on top of it, ensure that they're continuously happy, that they always feel challenged, but not too challenged to where they're stressed. And I think stress is good sometimes, but like not to the point where, you know, you're like getting home, like breaking down. Um, So that's, that's, that's a challenge from like my perspective. And then the other thing is it's really tough to know somebody until that point where, where you realize, you know, them. you know, there's always like, if you think about the people you're closest with, there's that moment where you're like, I know this person. Like I know 
their ethics, their morals, their loyalty. Um, and those are huge things when it comes to building a company and a really healthy company culture. And it's really tough to figure out how to um, identify those and, you know, an hour interview. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's just, someone could interview so great and then be a dud, right? So it's interesting you say, like, you don't know someone until you know them. I don't know, not too long ago, I was talking to someone, one of those friends that you just, you just get in, he was actually over watching football. And we just got to that point where we could sit in the same room and not talk, but we're hanging out. That's like, to me in person, when I know that I'm comfortable being around someone is nothing needs to be said. You know what I mean? You're comfortable enough with silence. Takes a while to get there yeah, in your friendships. A, I mean, let alone your employees, right? Like, yeah, I find like for me personally, I found that the first disagreement, like true disagreement, where we're on two other sides of an opinion, that's when you start to learn about one another. And the the people where that I'm closest with now, whenever we have those disagreements, we leave that conversation like closer. Right. You know, where on the other hand. Other people go start talking behind your back or, you know, like make you try to manipulate you. And it, yeah. So there's, I, I like disagreements. Like I, I learn about myself. I learn new, like new perspectives on things. I figure out if my beliefs or opinions are right, right, wrong. Um, maybe I didn't know enough. And I also get to learn about the other person that I'm having this conversation with. Yeah. And then you guys learn how each other reacts to the conflict. And if it goes well, you have respect for each other, knowing that I'm guessing the next time that comes up, you both can handle it. Like, and it can be productive, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like business is war. It's a game of chess. And then at one point you go face to face and it's like, it's war. It's do or die. Yeah. This is random. I got to ask while it's on my mind, but what, uh, what SUV did you guys end up going with? I said it was beautiful. Was that a Kia? Dude. So that wasn't my pick. Uh, but <laughs> like I, my car is fine in the snow and not, but my wife, like I pull her out of the ditch. So I'm like, tomorrow we're going, I was trying to toss out all these different dealerships. I was you know, kind of, kind of wanted myself. Uh, she <laughs> had watched some like YouTube reviews on the Kia Telluride yeah. and we went there and that, that was her choice. It's like, I've been seeing them everywhere now. And by the way, everyone, Dylan posted on his story, like last weekend with the bad snow, his, uh, his wife needed a new SUV. And he posted the video after. So happy for her. Is it, what's her name? Megan or Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats to the new car. Okay. You wanted to talk about the kind of guy you were in high school and the way I explained it growing up still are good looking dude, sharp, smart, but a good person, easy to be around, like easy to chat with, very easy to talk to. And, And honestly, I still remember, I can still visualize what your parents look like. Like I know what your mom looks like. Super, super good family from the outside. So I don't know if something, you wanted to t- touch on something there, but you wanted to come back to it. So why don't you get back to that? So the, what I was thinking about earlier, um, when I was thinking about like just high school, I started thinking about you and like basketball practice and whatnot. And uh, over the past few weeks, this like thought had kind of kept coming to my head. And you remember, I was like the quietest kid in high school. Yeah. And um, there's some factors like outside of school that kind of played into like, ultimately it was this lack of self-confidence. But what that taught me to do is like, when I was quiet, it wasn't that I was like, I was actually over, I was like over, it was, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, but like I was hyper watching, hyper analyzing like people. Like I was trying to figure out um, like what people were thinking or and so this like lack of self-confidence, this like quietness in high school, it's the reason that I'm like so good at advertising because I can 
put myself in people's shoes and very accurately figure out how someone's going to respond or react to a specific information or a suggestion of action, um, certain imagery. And so that's how I run my advertising campaigns. When I'm building an ad, I just like visually fully like mentally go into these individual shoes along each step of the buyer's journey. So that that's why it came up is like in high school, it's just, I see where all that kind of foundation for this grew. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful gift that was, that spawns out of psychoanalyzing yourself. Like, where does this come from? Well, oh, there is it. There it is. That is what created your ability to do this. Yeah. That's interesting. That is interesting, man. So, uh, so you're, you're driving into work every day now. Like I take me through your day. Like I want to know what the CMO of cube is doing, driving to work. What's your, what's your commute? Like I was actually, I'm impressed that you're making that commute. If it's more than like an hour, I feel like you wouldn't do that. Am I wrong? Uh, so up until four months ago, we had a condo in the city and then moved out here and sold it. Um, and now my commute's about it on a given day, like an hour and 15 to two hour and 15. How's that going? I just feel like you're the type Um, of guy that's like, Oh, I can't do this every day. Am I wrong? I mean, that's just like, I just, I think when you, like, you know, like there's certain times you don't want to do something, but like, you know, you have to do it. And I know that me being there, being with the team, things are more efficient. Uh, you get to see people face-to-face, have those conversations. And I know it's something that I, I just have to do. So is I don't even think ev- about like if I like it or not. Right. Is it an everyday in the office? Because I think you posted something where you were like, you know, basically, I don't think you went in that day. It might've been a weekend. And you were like, I gained so much extra hours of work this day. Right. I just no time to mess around, get to work. I don't have to go in. Okay. So, um, yeah, on days where I wake up and like my phone's blowing up, it's like 7 a.m. and I can't waste that three hour total commute. Then I just go straight down to my office here and start the grind. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, are you living out in the Rockford Belvedere area? Where are you living at? Like, what? what Those, uh, do you know where like Campton Hills is? I don't think I do. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm not good with it's them. It's like, I'm like right uh kind of in between Canton Hills, South Elgin. There's like St. Charles over there. Okay. Um 90 and then other sides like Barrington, I think. So gotcha. Nice man. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, no, uh I was shocked. I was like, dang, this guy's commuting. I just just given your background tech wise. Now, speaking of tech, speaking of your job, this is interesting as you're talking because I had no idea. I guess I knew a little bit, but in depth, when did you learn how to code? You went to school. When did you learn coding, dude? That's impressive. So rewind back to high school, middle school. I was yeah. doing all the same stuff I'm doing on a daily basis then. Except back then, yes. All, that's that's what's crazy. funny is like nobody knows this except my friends. You know, like Luke, Kellen, like those guys, they all saw this. Yeah. I started my first YouTube channel in 2006, four <laughs> months after it came out. Um, when, I was thir- when I was 13, I wanted, I was collecting baseball cards. And there was this website called like Trading Card Central, and you could trade baseball cards online. But in order to trade, you really need a website. You need to have some type of form set up to track your collections. And um, I had no idea how to do it. So for my birthday, I got a $25 gift card to Barnes & Noble, and I bought a book on HTML, CSS, and then I bought another one on PHP. And I just sat there reading it, and I built my first website, and then like ultimately kind of my first business because I started flipping cards online. Then I started doing graphic designs for like these different companies online and like other high schools. Um, 
So yeah, no like shit. This, all, kid, yeah. this kid that's quiet as hell at basketball practice, right? Quiet, nice kid is as at home like like the guy from Kim Possible, Ron, in the closet somewhere, it's just just building stuff, teching it up. Yeah. That but is back awesome. then, like it it was kind of weird, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. Nowadays yeah. it's it's like it's, I wouldn't say it's cool, but that's where a lot of the opportunities are. But back then it was it's like the, it was weird. So I was like, and plus with this lack of self confidence, I'm like, I can't tell anybody about this. <laughs> but what's cool, hey, but what's cool is this. What's really awesome is you were at home with a YouTube channel, but because not everyone had a phone where they were watching it all the time, nobody would have known. So you just got this amazing experience, in my opinion, to like maybe at school you wanted to be shy, but on your YouTube channel, dude, people that are going to view it, they don't know you. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like you're just an artist and a blank canvas, and no one's going to see it except for people that you don't know but you're just practicing your craft, right? Exactly, awesome. yeah. That is cool. Until like one of your friends is mad and they start pulling it up at school. You're like, no, 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 that's, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, hey, dude, come on. That's below the belt. <laughs> um, so a question for you, man. What, uh, what made you want to come on the podcast? I'm very flattered, very honored to have you on. I know you were like, hey, I want to come on. Have you been on another podcast? I know I, clearly you like to talk. You were shy growing up, but I, I, you have a really good vocal presence. But what kind of inspired you to want to come on tonight? I'm really happy to have you. I respect your grind. I respect the grind in general. And I can always tell like when someone's dedicated to a passion or an idea or something they want to build. And like I see it in you. And then plus, like just growing up around you in high school, um, like any way that, you know, I'm going to I'll plug this on my YouTube channel as well. So yeah. um, I'm like. I just always want to support people that are really working towards something. I see it. You're dedicated. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, that, I was like, um, I, I mean, I was just, I remember like growing up with you, but like when you messaged me and you're like, I want to come on, I was pumped because I have a list, right? And I think you, you probably this way. Um, it's very important to be, you know, organized, right? Like who, who am I going to recruit to come on my podcast or who am I going to ask? And I had you on the list and I'm like, okay, let me get a few more episodes out there. And then I'll ask Dylan to come on. Cause we've engaged a little bit on social. So uh, it was nice. Cause then I could just check you off the list, right? Like this is someone that I want to engage with uh, for me just to open up. If you don't know, the reason I started the podcast was last year. I was like, man, I don't really network that well. That's not a strength of mine. I have a good person. I have a personality that can network, but I don't do a ton of it. So how can I do it? Right? So the first thing I said was like, well, I should get on a board in town at least. Cause I just moved back. My girlfriend's dad was like, why don't you just join the Y board, dude? Like, you're literally there every day. You lift in the morning. People know you. And I was like, that's a good idea. And I was thinking, man, I'd love to do a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, that that's always something that's been interesting. And I'm like, well, what would my podcast be like? What would I, how would I want it to be? And I was like, you know what? I want my brand to not be about me. Because to me, we live in a very me, me, me centric world. A lot of times, I'd rather have something where I bring people on and like, just Adams plus one. It's their platform to talk about them. So it's always fun to have, bring people on that I actually grew up with like you. I have people on that, you know, I, I don't know that well. So it's an honor to have you on and to see where you went. Um, so yeah, I appreciate I that. I plugged but... you over there too. I don't know if you... What's that? Hey, can you see like the door over there? Yeah, I can see it. Or is it backwards? It says... You know what's crazy? Picture. No, no, one second. I got to move me. Oh shit, that looks cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that looks awesome. I had my video up. That is That is sick. Did you see my message? I said you should put a bear uh, signal. Yeah, I did see that. So, dude, you're also, step back to you, away from Adam, back to you. You're also very artistic. So, like, I'm watching some of the stuff on your social. Like, you can build with your hands, too, and draw. Am I getting this right? Uh, 
I mean, I'm pretty bad at like both of those. Really? Yeah. I mean, so I, uh, when I was doing my advertising agency, I spent a good two years, like almost every day uh, around artists. Like I worked with a lot of different artists, um, musicians, and I was just always inspired by that. And then when I got this place and I have all these walls that are mine. Yeah. Yeah. Time to, time to (laughs) just have fun. Yeah. The, I, gotta, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I was going to ask you something, but go ahead. Go ahead. All right. When, so when you look at Adam's plus one, um, like where do you know it will be in five years? Like what will this be? What do you see when you think of that? Definitely. That's a great question. So the way I look at it, right, going back to like why I started, I want to network, number one. Because number one, like why would you start a podcast? Number one, I want to network. Number two, it's great for me to learn like not – Sounds so silly to say, but it builds your communication skills, right? It's like a weird thing, but as we're talking, right, I have to ask questions about you and then I got to stop talking, give you the floor. So it builds my communication skills. Number three, it helps me build my brand. Like what is, who who is Adam? So as someone like listens in, they're going to get to know I'm about football, lifting weights, personal development, all the good stuff, right? But when I look at like, a lot of people look at like, what's the result? Do I want to have my own studio? And that's what I do full time. I don't know if I have much control over that, right? So what's the inputs? I'm going to come back to today, right? And I'm going to work. What's my goal? One pot a week with one guest, build my audience is, is my is my goal, right? But if I'm not getting better at being a good podcast host, right? Being a good communicator, being a good listener, I'm not developing actual skills as I'm going, and then it's not, it doesn't matter. Like that's where I'm starting is the inputs. But in five years, I want to be a master at those things. Right. Obviously the the other part of it would be like advertising it, growing revenue off of it. I don't know if that's really something that I would, I am like in five years, I want to do that. That's, that's important to me as much as I'm consistent in building my skills at being a good podcast host. Does that make sense? I mean, that's huge. I think that's a great way to look at it too. Cause I have, I have a full-time career. So it's like, this is something on the side where you're building your, if something comes from it. Awesome. If I have someone on like you and then you meet someone else and they're like, Hey, there's a really bus- great business opportunity. And that comes out of it. Amazing. Great. But in the meantime, can I, it's kind of like you hear people, oh, I'd love to have whatever it is, start a company, do whatever, but they really want to get to the five year spot. They don't want to be at the year one spot, the bottom floor. Well, this is where I'm at. I'm going to do with it, do with it what I can. There's no excuse. I have plenty of time each week to do at least one. If I can do two, cool. But really, now that you're asking me, to be honest with you, Dylan, this is awesome. I love having people on. But what I, I'm passionate about is public speaking. So something I'm mixing in, if you notice, when you look through my my podcast episodes, like I, I released one today in a pit with on a snowy day with a lion. I might have messed that up. But I'm doing like little quick talks, a minute to two, three minutes of like public speaking and like my mindset or advice. That's where I see myself long-term, right? I'd love to be a public speaker in any capacity. So this is just reps at that too, to be honest with you. But it kind of like with you, you were, you were a shy kid, baby. For me, it was, I've always wanted to get in front of on a microphone and speak. The only way to do that is to do it. So these are just awesome reps for me. Kind of an aside to the podcast. Yeah, I see you like a Patrick Bet David. What, what's that? Patrick Bet David. That's like what I picture you. Oh yeah. I'll have to look him up because you keep referencing him. You don't know Patrick Bet David? I bet you I do. Um, don't don't judge. I, I bet no, you I do. No. It's one of those things where you got to see him. Let's see. Patrick Bet David. 
It sounds like yeah, a dude. I love this guy. But... I love this guy. I freaking love this guy. I didn't know that was his name. I've seen him on TikTok a lot, right? When I'm scrolling mm. on TikTok. Yeah, super, super smart guy. I just saw him the other day. I forgot what he was talking about. But yeah, when I look at it, like five years from now, I need to be an expert at those things. And along the way, like, yeah, I'm gonna have to put work into marketing it better. But I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. This is this is the truth. Straight up. I don't feel comfortable. And I get it from like a salesy perspective to post and be like, please go like and follow my podcast. Please do this. I always feel this way. If you like it, share it. I'm not here to beg anyone. My brand is not going to be based off of begging people to come like, you know, like get me good ratings. You should get good ratings if you're good at it. You know what I mean? Like that's how I look at it. Yeah. And it takes, so the other thing 99% of the public doesn't understand, which I'm sure you understand now is that producing consistent video content is the ultimate grind. It is a grind. And then uh, like my YouTube, I had to publish 126 videos. I was doing two a week, like 20 minute ad tutorials before I got any traction. And then once you have that library built, you put out that one banger and like, it just. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Spark on feel. And, And I'm probably definitely no doubt about it, doing it improperly in terms of the video side of it, because I don't have a, I have a YouTube, but I don't post a ton on YouTube because everything goes audio and that's where my focus is. I'm missing out to be honest with you. I probably am, but I'm really just, again, I'm focused on being consistent with having guests on getting better as a podcast host and like really working on public speaking. Like that's where my focus is. You're not missing out on anything. Oh, you don't think so? Okay, good. The mistake everyone makes is they try to do all platforms at one time. You only need one platform to build something incredible. If you just drill, like focus on one platform, you build on that, there's going to be a point where, where you realize, okay, okay, now it's time to start branching off. But like one platform is all you need. Yeah. Well, that, hey, it's good to know from the CMO of Cube who's uh, built some businesses that I'm, that I'm doing it right. Because that, that's been my focus, man, is I'm just, I've never been a believer. And I think Colin Coward, someone I very, I love sports. So I listen to a lot of, that's the thing too. You got to pick the people that you enjoy listening to. Like I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to Colin Coward. A lot of people, not about what they're saying, but about the way they deliver, right? That's the thing. You're going to sit behind a microphone, watch the guys that do it really well. Colin Coward gives great advice to like younger people that want to do stuff like this, whether it's in radio or whatever. Go fail. Like go to a local radio show, get all the kinks out. So when you are national or, and you're doing big time stuff, you're ready for it. You've already, you've already dealt with all that crap. Don't skip steps, right? That's, that's the big goal. Don't skip or the big point. Don't skip when you're not ready for it. Yeah. And you're watching how people deliver and the ability to maintain a consistent flow of conversation for hours is so tough to do. And you're, you're doing it like, right. Especially when there's those like awkward moments where someone says something completely random or, or you don't, you really don't want to respond to or whatever the case is, but you figure out a way to just keep it, you know, flowing like a river instead of like shutting off that stream where you just sit there like, Oh man, uh, I hope you, Dylan has a question because I don't know what to Not say easy. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I gotta say, I gotta say, like anyone listening, um, I gotta give. Hold on one second. Yeah, we go. So I have to give you a lot of credit because you're making me better tonight in a very big way. Typical flow of the pod, right? I like to just give someone a heads up of the flow. Like here are maybe the three or four topics, some of the questions, because then you know most people want to have some idea going in. What's the flow, and then. What questions will be asked so you can at least predetermine, think about it. I got to tell you. So I had a long pod before this for like two hours with a buddy that I shot a really cool film with. 
really talented dude. It was a little more structured, obviously, because we went through that process. I take a break for like 40 minutes. That's when I message you like, hey, I'll send the link in a little bit. I go out and I'm eating dinner with Katie. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to lie, Katie. Like, there's no script. <laughs> like, it's just me and Dylan. Like, this is going to be a, a good test. Like, what are we going to talk about? So, I mean, obviously we have topics, but I appreciate that because it's going to you know make me better. So thank you on that. I do have a question for you. What advice do you give anybody from a marketing perspective, ads, you understand this stuff, video, you've been doing it a while. What advice do you give someone for, you're going to post podcast episodes. We're going to stick with podcasts because you're on a podcast or, or the audio. What do you think is a really good time? Like, obviously you can't control. If you're having a great conversation, you keep it going. But do you think like, hey, more than an hour? No, like, is there a time limit? Because I, I like to stick to the 30-ish minute. I think that's a, that's a attainable for a listener. But what does Dylan think? I mean, like my most popular famous video is seven and a half hours or six and a half hours long. It took me a month to create. It took my editor two weeks of editing. Um so it's kind of a double-handed answer. One, I think that the optimal length for the average video that you post, and I'm talking from a YouTube perspective, uh, is 10 to 12 minutes. Over eight minutes, YouTube can show uh, multiple ad placements, which they actually will show you higher in, in rankings when they can show ads on your videos because they can make more money. Um, so that 10 to 12 minutes is great. Uh, boost your watch time. YouTube gives you that boost. So that should be the average video in my opinion. And then once you have a backlog of like 50 to 100 top quality 10 to 12 minute videos, drop something that no one else has done in the space. And so like the six and a half hour video, the reason it was six and a half hours is I went to YouTube. I'm like, all right, I, I want to make something that I know and like in my gut is going to just pop off. So I typed in Facebook ads course on YouTube. Yeah. Every video that I saw was around 30 minutes with the, the longest one being about an hour. But all of them were trying to sell a course on top of it. Right. And so there's like this, uh, it's like two kill two birds with one stone um, opportunities that I saw. It was like one, if I drop a six and a half hour course on here, I don't sell anything. So I give basically a, that's why it says $2,000 course in the thumbnail because that's what they're all selling it for. So I'm like, I'm going to give you the $2,000 course. None of you guys have a software company. <laughs> so then I was just like, hey, if you want extra tools on top of what I just taught you, here's the software. And so that was the approach I took with it. So the genius. length on average, 10 to 12 minutes. Um, but then like, if you see an opportunity, like if it's a 32 hour video, because the other ones are like 18 hours, like do it. Um, yeah. But it yeah, length is... Uh, over 10 minutes is always good though. Okay, good. Good to know. Good to know. What do you do on an average day as a CMO there though? Like, I know I get it. You're not doing coding probably as much, but like you're working on a project, but I mean, get specific, dude. Like, tell me what you're really working on. I know you're going to hire some people. You're going to do this project, these projects. Give me more specifics. So oddly, I still get to code every day. Oh, you do? Um, Yeah, and, and the reason being is that the more you can integrate technology with your advertising and with data, the more powerful it is, especially when you look at things like chat GPT and these different APIs you can hit now. Um, so it's kind of a mix. I'd say on average, I'll spend like an hour and a half, two hours writing code, typically building out server-side tracking libraries. So 
I can collect data that's very accurate that breaks out different segments of people that are taking action on our site or in the app. Um, the other part is data. So I have a bunch of different dashboards, um, data feeds coming in. I'll look at the data, you know, where can we improve? Did something go way up, way down? Um, and then after I figure out what's going on, like what action can I take to solve, improve, reduce, um, that specific data point. Um, and then I'd say probably like another two to three hours on conceptualizing the ideas in my head. So we did this campaign, like just for an example, we did this campaign with this uh, meme coin called Bonk. It's like Dogecoin, basically, like the dog's a mascot. Mm-hmm. And I was at my grandpa's house and he used to read me the funnies. Every morning I'd stay over when we were about to bail hay. And it like just started like, what if we did like a funnies? Like, because it's like a meme, it is kind of funny. And so then I hopped on with my designer and um, yeah, we started making like funnies of that this awesome. and it worked extremely well like 1.5 million impressions on that twitter post uh so it's kind of a mix um that's by the way that's the where you guys are big that's your presence is twitter right i went over and yep. looked at you guys that's twitter you guys kind of have a good following over there right yeah and that, this was my first time focusing on twitter like okay. it, it had always been instagram facebook then youtube and so this is my first go with twitter well then perfect because that i was going to ask about something else but we're already here differences similarities because obviously instagram and facebook facebook owns instagram right right i think so they, there might be some yeah. like between the two cross you know similarities but with with uh twitter is there any new challenges that you're finding um yeah so i think the biggest challenge that i'm seeing is that with facebook and instagram and youtube they all have a direct correlation to a very powerful advertising platform Facebook ads being the most powerful advertising platform in the world. So when you build a presence on Instagram, build one on Facebook, you can take that data and then launch these campaigns to exponentially grow that organic foundation that you have. Uh, Same with YouTube, Google ads, uh, second most powerful advertising platform with Twitter and now X, their ad platform is like, it's not there. Like they're competing with like Pinterest and Pinterest like I've had actually success on Pinterest ads, but um, yeah, that's kind of been the challenge. Is we grew organically really fast. We took a different approach. We made our account private, had this line out of the door model. Like when you see a restaurant with a line out of the door, or a club with a line out of the door, everyone wants to be in there because you feel special. Exclusive. So that's how we built the yeah, it's exclusive. So that's how we built the organic following. But then now we want to grow to 10 million users on our platform by the end of the year which is going to rely on my advertising campaigns. And so I got to figure out how to take this data from X and use their platform, but also extract it so I can use it elsewhere. So that's been the biggest difference with it. How many users do you guys have now on the platform? Uh, We're at about 8,000. 8,000? Dang, dude. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's awesome. I really like, you mentioned earlier, you like, you were talking about dealing with people. You don't want them too stressed, right? But good, but you said stress is a good thing, and you kind of smiled. There's a good stress on you right now with you got to hire these people. Obviously, that's just in the short term. But to get to that amount of of users where you're at right now, also the company wanted to be a billion dollars right by the end of the year, right for their for their fund capital capital fundraising, right? I, mean, I assume that's how they're going to say it. But that's a good stress. So does Dylan like working in those environments? Because it seems like you do. 
how's a muscle grow under <laughs> exactly right <laughs> you have yeah, to put it's stress the on. same exact thing yeah the type of environment and this is my team and i we wrote out like our team's values like kind of our ethics board like we just wrote our statement and what we wrote is that so i think stress comes from a few different things but the sentence that we put down kind of summarizes it is that the truth should always be spoken. Sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes it feels great. doesn't matter. Like truth is what is the, like the foundation of an incredible company or in, incredible anything. And I think stress can come from having too much work or like there's a, a ton of different ways stress can come on. But I think the stress that I view as healthy is stress that comes from truth. Like if, if you're like, you know, you're training someone and, you know, they're just not putting in the effort to be where they need to be. And you tell them that like, that's going to hurt. That's going to cause some stress, like mentally, like they're going to start questioning things. They're going to start realizing they're going to have to look themselves directly in the mirror and realize like, I'm not doing the work I need to do. Right. So like there's, there's a healthy stress comes from truth. And so that's where we try to focus. And you need people to have thick skin, Right. Big skin and also like people that understand that it's coming from a good place in our hearts. Yeah. Like there's good intention behind this truth that hurts. Yeah. And obviously, and then, and then the other way, and then a step behind or further is delivering the message properly. Cause the way that you deliver the message to Adam, when you get to know him, maybe Adam's good with a little, like shut the door and be like, yo, what the F was that? You know what I mean? Maybe Adam can handle that, but maybe Dylan can't. Maybe Dylan wants to be, Hey man, really good job on this. Need to get better here. Maybe you need the sandwich. Right. So uh, Nick Saban has a really great quote. I think you'll like, and he's a, you know, famous football coach for Alabama, just retired, had an amazing run, but I think it, it's accurate with what we're talking about. He said, um, average players want to be celebrated. Good players want to be coached, but the great players want the truth, right? Mm. Like when they come to the sideline, That's they don't good. need the, the BS, right? Good. Give me the truth because they're, they're trying to grow. And I'm, obviously that's something you're dealing with. Um, at the company. And uh, by the way, what book do you recommend anybody read that wants to get into um, anything near anything that you're doing with as a CMO marketing? Like what you mentioned the book earlier, maybe repeat that. And then any other books? Yeah, that is the one that That book like partially helped change my life. Um, Ogilvy on ads. And the reason that it changed for me is the, so along, like in terms of advice, I'd give anyone coming into this space and like trying to build a business, trying to start advertising, marketing. One piece would be like, read the book, but then two, don't worry about the buttons you're clicking. Like all this tech in like these ad platforms, like it doesn't matter about the buttons because when you read that book, you're going to realize that the same principles of advertising and consumer psychology from the 1950s still applies today. Ad platforms change. The psychology of a consumer doesn't. Give me the psychology. Don't give me the psychology. Give me the average. Like, we're going to stay in the X spot, the Twitter spot, because we're, we want, we're going to go back there. Your is your um, your average user like that person, like, if you will, that user. Do they look different than Instagram or Facebook? You know what I mean? Like, or how to attract them? Is that different? And why? Like, it's to me, if I'm Adam and I'm on Instagram, like my little brain here as a guy that isn't a marketing expert like you and I have an Instagram and I have a Twitter, right? Shouldn't it simply put 
be the same way to engage with me on Instagram as Twitter? What's the difference there? What's like, why would that be different if I'm the same user? Uh, data. So an example of this, when I launched the epoxy company, we did our first million in sales and I had still never used epoxy. The reason was, is like, I don't have to meet my customers. Like it's always very valuable at some point to like really understand, but like the data tells you everything that you need to know. And so sometimes on my Instagram stories, like, I don't know if you've noticed it, but, um, people like I, I get a bit wild. Like I'll just start like spouting stuff out. Uh, I might offend some people. It just, you know, um, just fun. But what I'm doing is like, I'm actually just looking at the data. So, yeah. so with this upcoming Q push, like I needed to rekindle some connections, which I needed to get my stories back to the top of their, like, you know, at the top bar, when you see the stories, I need to get mine like first through third. And so I needed to boost that engagement. So I started doing this thing like that night I airbrushed my shoes. I said this line. Um, you said like, something savage, dude. You said some yeah, savage yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, uh, <laughs> I said, hey, uh, I opened that up. I felt a little uncomfortable on the couch. I was like, whoa, hey, buddy, calm down there. And then I had to read it again. <laughs> yeah, I said, uh, I said, your size is not my size. Let me know when you want me to come airbrush your shoes. Like I started just dropping lines like that. Dude, that story. Oh, I bet, dude. And so like the other day I brought it back, but I just changed it up. I'm like, your size is not their size. Like, let them know what you want. Like, I just started flipping around. And then I'm like, still kind of playing with that. But I'm also trying to balance it out so people don't think I'm going nuts. So like, I post a picture of my grandma and like, drop some stuff in there. So like, people don't think I'm like, you know, I don't get those phone calls. Like, yo, you okay, bro? Uh, like, I'm good. But yeah, now my stories are back at the top. So like, all those, I'm getting my notices where I need to get noticed. Perfect. And as you're at, as you're answering this. There's a reason there's a method behind the madness. I'm looking at the book, that principle right there, what you're doing, is that something that you learn from this book? Like, you know what I mean? I want to get a specific principle from the book. And if it's not, that's fine, but give me a specific principle from the book. Yeah. So what Ogilvy's, I mean, it's just astounding at the work he put out and the range of work he put out. So he worked with Rolls Royce, like the ultimate luxury vehicle then and now. And then he would also do things with like Shell gas station and uh, Marlboro, which is a totally different demographic from someone riding in a Rolls Royce, a cowboy on a horse with a cigarette. Um, and so studying what he did and these like these different approaches uh, to really like nailing down what this demographic, whatever demographic you're targeting, what they're going to resonate with. That's something that I've just I've also had to hone in. Like I've sold like if you could think of that, I've probably sold it with advertising now. So I've had to like learn, you know, selling a hairbrush is not the same as selling like tires for a dirt bike. Yeah. Hell yeah. Those two groups are going to resonate differently. Definitely. Definitely. So I guess, and give me a second. Cause I just had a question and now I'm over here stumbling. Oh, that awkward moment. That, the awkward moment, man. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll get you. Um, Oh yeah. The I worst, know. the worst is when someone pauses and like just waits for you. Yeah, no, that's bad. No, that's bad. No, I, I've been sitting on this question. It came up a few times and I'm like, oh, I got to find the right window to bring it up. This is a good time. Okay. So this guy, obviously he was born in England in 1911. He had some great ideas, a lot of uh, variety, like you said. I'm sure he probably did because he's a bright, bright guy. Probably envisioned a day where we had AI, right? I'm sure he did. He probably pondered it, you know, no pun intended, but you're, we're actually living with AI now. And I just how much do you engage with AI? You might be like a ton. You might be like none. I don't know. You have, there's some AI. 
what is your take on it? If you engage, if you engage with it, do you engage with it? What's your take on it? Where do you see it going in your space? Um, so two weeks ago, three weeks ago, there's a situation where like something was written that we put out where there was actually a lot of inaccuracies in it. Like the found, like the overall, all of the structure of this writing was good. Um, it was also my fault for not like detailing through it. Uh, but I, I told my wife, I'm like, so I'm going to ask this individual, did you use AI to like help you write this? And if they say no, it's actually worse than if they say yes. If you're not using these tools, like if a painter goes to paint walls without a paintbrush and use their hands, they're an idiot. Yeah. Um, you should be using AI as much as you possibly can. AI scares me in many, many ways. I think that is like the biggest threat to humanity. Like, I don't think it's nukes. I think it's AI. Um, but at the same time, like we're at, we're, we're in a battle, like in business. So use how, it. how do you use it? I know you're using, you're pulling data. When you say you have dashboards, right, Dylan at work, like I just imagine when I'm sitting here with like three or four screens and you got your dashboards up software, whatever, are they using AI? Like where's AI being used in your, in your world? Uh, so personally, so that book Ogilvy on ads, I trained, I trained an AI model off of that book. Wow. And so now I can go and I can say, uh, I'll, I'll write up like a, uh, some copy for an ad and then I'll give it to you. I'm like, write this like Ogilvy would, and it'll spit out like variations of how Ogilvy, like how he would write it. That's so awesome. that's how I use it in the format of advertising in regards to, uh, writing code. A lot of times, like, you know what you have to code, but, and it's not like a difficult process you're thinking through. It's just, it's going to take time to actually write it. So you just give it to AI. You're like, Hey, I need to like most recently we need a script to convert different language translations of our site, like JSON format to a different format. So I'm like, Hey, write a script to take these inputs. Give me, this as outputs. I give it examples. And then it just writes it. That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. So then when we say writing code, you're using it in that process, right? Someone that doesn't write any code, doesn't deal with this. To me, it's like, I just imagine you're writing the code, but Clearly we're beyond those times. Now I'm an Excel guy, so I'm in Excel all the time. I'd be curious, have, do you work in Excel at all? And if so, are you, are you experienced in Excel? This is more of a financial nerd question. Oh man. Oh, Excel gives me nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Why is so, that? Because when I really had to use Excel was when, after I sold my company, when we got acquired, I had started doing like pro formas and like uh, budgeting <laughs> and dude and then also during the acquisition process it was a it was a it was six months of due diligence also <laughs> it gives me ptsd i bet dude. In, in what you realize like guys like us myself and my friends like i've worked in public accounting and now i'm a financial analyst at principal but when you're on the client service end right and i worked in tas transactional advisory services so you guys are going to buy or sell a company. You're selling your company. I know what it's like to be like, hey, Dylan, we're going to help you sell. Send us all of that that information. Well, Dylan is like, yo, bro, that's not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really yeah. know what that stuff is. And, and so it's just like anything else. We know the format it should be in, but if you're not doing it all the time, it makes that process long, terrible. But I, I am curious from the from an Excel standpoint, if you've never worked in it, there's a way to like write macros, right? And then there's like, yeah. you might've heard of this VBA. Have you ever heard of that? Familiar with VBA? Yeah. 
Yeah. Could you write PBA? I imagine you could pick it up, but have you ever written it? Um, no, I maybe uh actually took a class in high school with uh Miss Sloan. You remember Miss Sloan? I do, yeah. Where I had to learn it for like that one class. Yeah. And then after that I never use it again. I use a uh, Google Data Data Studio. It's called Looker Studio now. Okay. But the nice part about that is you can actually connect Google Sheets and whatnot, like Excel sheets, but you can also connect APIs. I'd much rather have an API. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I can't do the Excel thing. For sure. And then that leads me to this. What languages are you good at coding or like competent? Obviously, it seems like quite a few, but like to the world of people who really um, don't know a ton. I'm guessing Python? I learned. No, actually no Python. Uh-huh. Um, I started with Java. That's uh-huh. what I learned in college. And then when I graduated the ad tech company, that was all Java. And then when I went to E-Trade, that was all JavaScript. And I had, I knew zero javascript so i just taught myself from watching youtube videos so learn javascript and now it's uh i write everything in typescript so it's kind of a mix of like strongly typed java javascript but yeah i mean if you if you know javascript and or like typescript you can do anything sure. anything nowadays like that is the language to learn ah, nice. with ai python is really the language to learn but otherwise like, beautiful typescript so we talked about you know, you like to build stuff with your hands. You say you're not that good at it. I, I find it hard to believe. I think you're being humble. Maybe I'm wrong. But how do you, whether it's building stuff, I don't know what the answer is here, but you have a stressful job, obviously. I'm sure you have, I love your lifestyle. Oh, I admire healthy it. Healthy stress. Healthy stress, right? Healthy stress. But when you're, when you need to decompress, how do you decompress? Is that how you do it with, with just building stuff or what, what is, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you do when you get home from work and you have a whole Saturday where Maggie's busy shopping or doing something that girls do? I don't know. What do you do? Uh, so in the city is much different. Like my free time was also like building businesses. Yeah. Which was probably got to a point of unhealthy. Like I was doing 20 hour days just because I loved it. But like also I could, it took a toll. Um, but now since we moved like over here, I've got a, I picked up like a YZ125. I got a YZ250F. I've got an electric dirt bike. I've got like two tractors back there. I've got like eight acres with a dirt bike track now. So nice. I just hop on the dirt bikes and just go. You dirt biked in high school, right? Like growing up? Were you? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I wasn't Joey Dazelle, but. <laughs> Joey Dazelle was a man, dude. <laughs> dude. He killed it. He, he was, was in a video game. Yeah. He was in the video. Was he really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, he killed it. Damn. It always cracked me up because he was kind of, and that, you know, Joey, if you're watching, this is not a shot, but he was shorter. You know, he was a little guy. So like when you'd see him, you'd be like, dang, he must have a pretty small bike. You know what I mean? Oh, he had a YZ125. I think that's what he rode. Is that what he rode? Okay. Never mind. Never mind. What do I know? Beast. What do I know? Damn. So uh you watch sports at all? Like what's I guess, yeah. yeah. What, you a football yeah. fan? I know you're a Bears fan, right? What's up? Uh my biggest thing is a Bulls fan. Oh, you're a Bulls. Even fan? It's been extremely tough. Uh tough. my wife has season tickets to the Bears. So in the city, we'd go to like a lot of the home games. Um, also tough to be a fan. Um Cubs fan, but like really, I, I have followed the Bulls even after I stopped playing 2K. Yeah, when did you hang up? Hang it up in 2K. That's a that's a retirement question right there. Uh, four years ago. What happened? And this sounds like a sad story. I want to hear it. Uh, I started losing. Like, <laughs> I would look at <laughs> I would look at the, <laughs> the time I spent on 2K, and then realize like in terms of a monetary amount for the business, like what. I just paid to play that game and I know man. Yeah. And then I just fell in love with like the business stuff. So 
for sure. <laughs> and when you say you're building businesses, I'm just going to assume because you're an e-commerce guy. Is that what you're talking about? E-commerce businesses? Um, or what so type I, of like, At the same time, I had an advertising agency. So the agency business, we had like 20 clients at, at, at one point, And then I didn't like dealing with a lot of clients. Um, some were incredible, but like for the most part, it was just a headache. Great money, but a headache. Uh, I didn't like waking up every day and going to work. And so I converted that into a a, a software, like an ad tech-focused software. That's where Ponder like re- kind of reformed. And then also the e-commerce stuff. So so what? how much time do you spend on with Ponder? Like working, because you're obviously at Cube. So how much time in a week do you spend with Ponder, working on Ponder? Like working at zero. Zero. No, I closed it down. Yeah. Okay. So th- yeah, I got to get this straight because I feel I feel a little lost, and I'm over here running the show. But my so mom we- doesn't know what I do anymore. So. <laughs> so that is the ponder is the one that that was bought out. Then is that what you're saying? No, Upstart Epoxy was acquired. Upstart Epoxy was re- so you shut down Ponder. When did that happen? Did I miss that? Um. So there was this point, uh, probably like three months after I joined Cube, where just had that conversation where I'm like, Hey guys, I'm going to go all in. And like the moment I close the doors here, like this is me all in. Yeah. Just ensure everything was mutual. Like we were all, all in on one another. That was a case. And so everyone that like, I had like 200 subscribers to my software. Um, and I just gave it to them for free for like eight months. I just ate the, the costs. And, you, and then, uh, I told them like, Hey, I'm just going to give like eight months. Like, don't worry about it. But at the end, like I am going to, I can't keep eating these costs. Right. So then I closed it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, how was that difficult for you to close the doors on that? No, because like Ponder is me, like as I was saying, yeah. you know, so Ponder is still alive and right. healthier than ever. But the software is just like a branch. It was just a you know, moment in time of like what Ponder will become. Definitely. Definitely. And was that a, I mean, I don't know if you can get into specifics with, with Q, but was that like a, in writing, you had to do that? Or was that just like, a, no. hey, if you're going to come over here, we'd like you to maybe spend more time here than there or whatever? Yeah, it's it's like with, you know, you have a full-time job, you love doing this, but like you're probably only given like 5 10% of what you could be giving. Exactly. Um, and so vice versa, like even if I was only giving 10% of my thought in like the mental capacity I had to ponder, that's still 10% I wasn't giving there. Yeah. And so to go hundred percent, it can only be one thing. I agreed. Yeah, I agree. And then it's not only that, right? Like, but you have a wife, right? And like, there's time where it's like, you get done with cube, you come home and then you want to spend time with her. You have, you have relationships with friends that you want to keep up with. And then those are competing with, you know, this ponder that is, you know, taking up time too. And you're like, damn, at some point. Yeah. Maybe that's why she won't let me change our last name. (laughs) (laughs) She really won't let you, huh? Uh, uh, maybe if I push hard enough, but did you, did you see the link that I sent for this one? No. Uh, so if you look at the, the zoom link, I named it Adams plus one with, uh, featuring Dylan Ponder. I put Ponder on there for nice. the second okay. one. It helps me differentiate it. Yeah. It's a great name. I think it's a great story. Like the, the, the way that you put that together. Um, yeah. So what else do what do you listen to for music? That's that's now let's, let's like really get to know each other. What the hell? Does Dylan yeah. Ponder Pearson? What the hell is he listening to when he's when I'll he's driving my, for, uh, when he's driving for an hour and fifteen damn minutes or two yeah. hours? I mean, what are you listening to? So I'm gonna drive home tonight. I can go through. I still remember like the exact order it played. Oh, so, um, first, 
started out with uh Lincoln Park, like it's one of the songs from Meteora. Good shit. Um then it was another Lincoln Park song, and then uh it went into an Avicii song, um, Grind, I think it's called. And then it went into Riley Green, um, featuring Luke Combs, uh different around here. And then it went into Drake, Daylight. <laughs> Back then, to the rap. <laughs> uh then it went J. Cole and Boss. Um uh Kendrick Lamar, Money and Trees. Um no, I can't remember the rest. But that's like that's kind of the that's a good categories. Who who's your favorite artist of all time, music wise? Like if you had to pick one, mm. tomorrow you wake up and I say, Hey man, this is it. Only person you can listen to for the rest of the way. Who is it? Oh man. See now that's I mean, putting it, you on a spot. Lincoln Park, hands down. But okay. uh, I mean, obviously they're missing their core. Um but like yeah, two thousand, two thousand one it'd be Lincoln Park. But like if I had to pick a group that or like someone that was like still here producing music, uh and I can't I can't pick I mean Limp Biscuit, I, I was a huge fan, but like eh, not once again kind of throwback. Dude, it'd probably have to be J. Cole. J. Cole. J. Cole is just absolutely incredible. Green Ranger with Lil Wayne, dude, is like my favorite song of his. Just a so good banger. Dude. So good. Every song he puts out, he can put out anything he wants to. It's just his talent is next, next level. When I hear him rap, it's very like he has a very authentic voice and like, like I mean amazing of everything, but his voice, like when I think of pure rapper, that's the name that comes to mind. I'm a huge Eminem fan, but I think of J. Cole for like pure authentic rapper. Uh going back to um Lincoln Park, the uh the song that I listened to in the gym, dude, like since forever. Army from when I was in the army till now. Numb with Encore with Jay with uh, Jay Z. Yeah. Just a freaking oh this like I'm obviously like I like Jay Z. I like Lincoln Park, but his line where he's like um he talks about coming back like Jordan in the four or five. Yeah. Like uh, not to play games with you. I just yeah. love that. Just like the whole you. attitude. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so good. That's yeah, so badass. Good. Yeah. So going down the list of all the personal questions. All right. We got we got a few more here. Uh movies. You you a movie guy? You, you don't strike me as a guy that sits around and watches TV. I just can't see you doing that for a long period of time. I really only watch TV like when I'm going to sleep. Like I put something on and then I'll kind of doze off to it. And right now I'm watching Billions. I'm on Good like show. season five or six. Nice. Um but in terms of TV shows, like my all time favorite is probably like Peaky Blinders. I okay. love Peaky Blinders. Waiting on that last season. Uh, Game of Thrones was great. Um, uh, it's kind of like the ones that come to my head. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The uh, Peaky Blinders. Okay, you're, you don't don't give me a hard time. Ben G, some of my best friends. I've been in the same room when they're watching it. Like I come over to hang out, and they're finishing up an episode. Tom Hardy is is amazing. So is Sicilian. So I think good. that's how you say his name. He's a phenomenal actor. I, I should watch it. Katie and I just finished Suits. Uh, we watch Dexter and then Suits. It's what we do usually. Nice. Like that's kind of the same thing. Wind down at the end of the night, one episode, put you to bed. Um, but I do need to get into Peaky Blinders because that show. They wrote up a hell of a show there. Question: When you uh when you post these, are you able to see your average watch time? You know what I so I don't know. It, well, you you're not a podcaster, but you might know. I have an RSS feed. You might you might know what that is. You know what that is. So you can go in there. And so it and pushes it to like all the platforms? Pushes it to all of them, right? Anyone that I want. It, it would even make a YouTube video if I wanted to, but it'll just have like my cover photo on it, right? For audio, which is cool. But um, 
it will tell you engagement for how many listeners are listeners, but I don't think it does watch time. I could, I could look, I don't think it does though. Just tells you how many people have viewed it and like listened to it. Okay. But, but here's a weird thing though. It doesn't break it down by, well, not weird. It just doesn't break it down by like Instagram or sorry, Instagram, um, Spotify, Apple music. It just tells you, I think it tells you the total. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. I was going to, I was going to say like, if if there was like a video component and you could see average watch time, I'd go grab grabs like something with glass, and then I'd start yelling like, "Your size isn't mine." I'll airbrush your shoes, smash it, and then I'd tell you to put that as like the first ten seconds and just watch your average watch time. <laughs> no, I'll have you back on, works. and we can we can do something like that. Listen, we we can I, totally do absolutely. Something. Okay, so where do you live now? You got to come out here and record something. No, dude, are you kidding me, dude? Tell me when, tell me when and where. So, um. I didn't, I don't get into my journey, but because it's always about my plus one, four years in the army, right? Went away, was in Seattle, got out of the army, finished school in St. Louis University, lived in St. Louis while I was doing that, came home for like a year and a half, but I was always planning on going to a investment banking firm. So then the pandemic hit, I was stuck at home for another year in the area, went there for a year, which was in Arkansas at this investment banking firm. They were trying to send me out to North Carolina and I was like, hard pass. I don't want to go to North Carolina. So then- it led me back home, took an opportunity, right? And then I honestly, Dylan, was like, I don't think I'm going to stick around here much longer. And then I met Katie and I was like, well, <laughs> you know, you start dating someone that's from here, you're not going to be like, I'm out of here. So that kind of, that kept me in the area. So I actually live like right off of, I live on Marengo Road, dude. I, I guess I shouldn't say this, people are going to hear me, but I live right out in the outskirts of town in Belvedere. Okay. I, they can know where I'm I mean, at, dude. I got, a, right, right. I got a bow. I got a bow. I'm good. You know where I'm at. Come find me. You got a bow? Oh, dude, I shoot. I shoot. Uh, I, I'm not, I shoot archery, dude. You don't, but but not not a compound. I got a real one. I got like the the okay the curve. But yeah, I'd love to come out there. I'd love to. We could do an Adams yeah. plus one right there. Get the whole get the yeah. whole setup. Get the sign back up. You can shout. You can shoot the glass. Plus, yeah, I had my first experience with a bow last November. I went hunting at like this private estate in Louisiana, and I set up in a in a tree stand with the crossbow. It's so oh. sick. It's so fun. Dude. You just felt like you were with like your ancestors, like from a long time ago. Just so my my favorite show is I mean I have tons of them, but Green Arrow. I really like that show. I'm a big superhero fan, and Green Arrow show is awesome. And he shoots in the beginning. He shoots a a regular recurve. And I was out in Arkansas. I had a lot of town time by myself. And I'm like, you know, after the pandemic, you're like, I want to learn a skill. Like I want to learn a skill, like primal, like regular outdoor skill. They have ranges. Eighty dollars on Amazon a bow. And shot, I shot the crap out of it. I still have it. It's an awesome bow. But like, again, put the inputs into it, right? You spend two hours every Friday and Saturday out at the range. Guess what, dude? You go from, you can't hit anything from five meters to 30 meters around a picnic table with the wind blowing and you can just, (laughs) (laughs) you're right. And it's like, it's a good skill to have. It's self-defense. So, and you don't need any ammo. I like that you don't have to clean the weapon, right? Super simple. So, Okay. We're getting here to the end. We've got about four minutes left. I want to ask the closing question. So Dylan, every time I have someone on the pod, you didn't know any of the the topics, but you came so prepared. I really appreciate it. Very much an honor to have you on the show, but I always ask a closing question. The last question of the night. Are you ready for it? My friend. Let's go. All right, cool. Dang. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. So clearly you've, you've accomplished a lot. You're about my age, 30, right? What's the one thing before you hang it up that you're like, there's that one, maybe there's one company that you want to start. What's the ultimate goal 
that you want to accomplish before it's all said and done. Mm. Cause you've done a lot already. And honestly, it's very impressive, but if there's one thing that mm. before you're done and out of the game, what is it? I want to position my family to have a legacy. Um, so you look at, I mean, think of like some of the most well-known families that you can think of, but then also in like your area, like when you think of last name and there's like generational lines and history to each of those generations before I hang it up, I want to make sure that my family has an opportunity to build off of a foundation for a legacy and make sure it's like a legacy of one, loving what you do, two, speaking the truth, and then three, giving back. Beautiful. I love that. Well, you're well, you're well on your way. We'll be rooting for you over here. And dude, uh, I really would love to come out there to do the next podcast when we when we get together. And, and actually see you in person. I can bring my bow. I'm sure you've got eight acres. We can figure out something we can shoot legally. Absolutely. And uh, we'll ride the dirt bikes. Or, oh, hell yeah, we'll ride the dirt bikes. We'll get a good video. And I can learn. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you're pretty good at editing on the on the back end. So I'm sure I can learn a thing or two from you. You've been doing YouTube <laughs> hey, let's do since it. 2006, yeah. dude. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it, dude. Let's do it. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Great guest. Dylan Pearson. He'd like to go by Ponder, Dylan but Ponder. Dylan Pearson. Dylan Ponder <laughs> on the plus one. Thank you so much, sir.